What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast, where we seek to restore women with God's truth for their everyday lives. I'm Tashika Oliver. And I'm Leah Ross, and we're your hosts. This is season four. This season, we've got some exciting things in store. So join us as we study God's word, celebrate women living faithfully on mission, and dive into cultural issues through a biblical lens. You ready, Tashiva? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's, let's go. go. Ladies, welcome back to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. Welcome back. Tashiva and I are here with a special guest today. Special, special guest. Welcome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love y'all. It's so good to be back. Oh my gosh. Yes. So ladies, if you have been with us for a while, you remember that Christy joined us for the discipleship series. Mm -hmm. And so we are so, so pumped Mm -hmm. to be here in a two-part series Mm -hmm. uh, to celebrate Christy's book, Literarily, which is coming up. And so... I'm really excited. Um, For those of you who are new to following the Urban Christian Woman, let me just tell you who uh, Sister Christy is. And then, you know, Christy, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about yourself and catch us up with who you are. But Christy is the editor of His Testimonies, My Heritage, Women of Color on the Word of God. She's an instructor for women's Bible teachers with Simeon Trust and is a founding member of the Pelican Project. She's written contributions to numerous books like the ESV Women's Devotional Bible, and she is married to her beloved uh, husband and pastor for 30 years, and they have three children. So this is, Christy, would you please give us like a little more context about where you coming from, where you at, and um, yeah, tell us a little bit about why we're here today. Yes. Well, um, we're coming from where... Physically, I'm in Washington, D.C. Yeah. <laughs> All of that. All of yeah. that. <laughs> this is, we're in Southeast D.C. This is where uh, we minister as a family, church community. Mm-hmm. And um, we're in uh, an urban, underserved community. And so our mission is to spread the gospel from the four corners of the block to the four corners of the globe. Come on, four corners of the block. Four corners. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Is that like um, actually in your mission statement or did you just spin that right now? No, 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 girl. You know what? No, I didn't spin that. That that came from a hubby. (laughs) Yeah. But that is, I mean, that's kind of our motto as a church, I guess you would say. Um, And a part of our vision statement. So yeah. And I mean, that's what we do while I'm here. I mostly take care of my family. Uh, you mentioned a little bit. I have my adult daughter who lives at home, and my second daughter who's in Chattanooga, and then my 15-year-old son who's keeping us busy. He and the Beatty keeping us busy with basketball, mm. <laughs> coaching his team oh, uh, nice. this year. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, other other than that, I have a dog that drives me crazy. You might hear him uh, yes. at some point here. Yes. And, um, and then I I'm love the shout at- out to your dog in the book in the acknowledgement. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Companion. Dear yes. Companion. Generally, and- he was a helpful companion. <laughs> get, me, yes. get me out of the house and walking around a little bit and just to take a break. You know, he's a pandemic yeah. puppy. So mm-hmm. it, it's fun to, you know, kind of have that extra little um attention grabber <laughs> you guys are the most extraordinary uh dog trainers I've ever seen I I was obsessed with watching how you all train uh just uh, is his name justice justice his name justice. is justice yeah, yeah. yeah. how you yeah. how you guys train justice 
Yeah, yeah. my daughter, she's, she's like the main dog trainer. We call her, I mean, she's the everything whisperer. She's a dog whisperer. She's a cat whisperer. She's a baby whisperer. You know, oh, wow. uh, one of my friends calls her, oh, what she call her? Human lavender. <laughs> she's just like, yeah, has this I way. Him. I love and it. Anyway, so she, she, I would say she's primary, but we both, we kind of tag team. It's fun. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So other than that, I'm sitting at my desk. I yes. have my new book. Yes. With my matching Y'all, she has, y'all cannot see this. People always annotate it for us. I know, I have to annotate it because the thing is, is that she is sitting in front of us with the literally earrings. And I was like, wait a minute, are those literally earrings? Oh my God. Yes. Love them. I love them. Tell, Tell us what sparked writing literally. Tell us a little bit just about that. How did you get here to write? Well, I mean, there, you know, there are a lot of different streams, right? So mm-hmm. um, I won't go all the way back, but but it really does begin kind of in my early days of trying to understand the Bible myself. Mm-hmm. And so you pick up tools, you pick up tips, one of them being inductive Bible study methods right. and various forms of inductive Bible study, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of have the old school K. Arthur, you have coma, you have so many, so there's like so many different, right, right. Uh, you know, kind of versions of mm-hmm. um, an inductive type approach. And I think many of us who have been studying the Bible for a long time have kind of grown in that method. Right. Um, but as I've grown and like many of us have grown, I think sometimes you read, you, you kind of walk through an inductive method. And if you do it kind of straightforward, uh, what does it observation? When I say inductive Bible study, I mean, the way most people understand it is um, in three parts, observation, interpretation, application, mm-hmm. so observation, observing the text. What does it say? Mm-hmm. Interpretation. What does the text mean? And then application. How do I apply it? you know, to my life today. Right. 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 And so as I've grown and, you know, we've talked about Bible training ministries and those kinds of things, you, you start adding pieces. So it's not merely what the text says, but that text is within a context. So understanding context is really important in Bible study, but a rote observation, interpretation, application may not necessarily get you there to kind of understand broader context. So that was a helpful piece. And then understanding that the Bible is organized according to various genres and Mm -hmm. people quibble about how many there are. I would say there are maybe around eight or that's how I divide them up. And you can see Mm -hmm. them in the scriptures, right? Yeah. You have law. uh, Those are the first five books. Then you have the Old Testament narratives. Mm -hmm. Those are... um, kind of like the, the middle portion before you get to like the Psalms and yeah. the Psalms and Job, which are poetry, mm-hmm. and wisdom, yep. which is Proverbs and um, Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. those books. And then you have the prophets, the major, the minor. You mm-hmm. move on to the Bible, then you have the gospels, then you have epistles, and then we have apocalyptic, which we get in old and new. We get mm-hmm. Daniel in the old and Revelation in the new, mm-hmm. but those are kind of the main genres. And then you're like, oh, wait, Well, my text fits within a particular genre. Let's say I'm reading Isaiah. I know that's a prophet. So one of the things I came across as I was, you know, trying to grow and understanding the Bible is I just thought the genre prophecy was just Mm -hmm. to tell me that that person Isaiah was a prophet. 
I didn't understand mm. that there, were, there was a bigger, broader idea mm. around the genre of prophecy that would help me understand the book as a whole. I thought mm-hmm. it was just like giving me information. He's a prophet. Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. a poem. Right. You know, that's a yeah. letter. Right. Yeah. But there are literary techniques and tools and principles mm. that um, are contained within that genre that really aid our study of scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, to directly answer your question, I'm, you know, toiling with all of this in my head and I, I start to incorporate these different aspects in my Bible study, but also in my discipleship. Yeah. So I'm discipling these ladies and we're going through Ruth and Esther, which are narratives. Mm-hmm. And so we start to employ narrative literary techniques like yeah. follow the plot of the story. What is the right. plot? The plot is just the storyline, the whole arc of the story mm-hmm. from beginning to end where we're yeah. in a setting and then these characters and then a presenting problem and then some huge where the whole thing comes to a head and some mm-hmm. may and then it's resolved and then you move on to, you know, the next story or the next scene. And so I'm incorporating that into our study. And one of the ladies said, to, we were having so much fun. I mean, one of the ladies has a theater background. And so her thinking about wow in terms of plot and story was mm-hmm. just really helpful for her. Yeah. So she said to me one day, she's like, have you ever thought about writing a book that you know, kind of teaches the Bible this way. And I was like, no, but (laughs) a great idea. And honestly, it was like, when she said it, I just felt like the Lord dropped literarily, like right in your life. In my heart, mind, spirit, soul, whatever you want to call it. Like Mm -hmm. I had the title. I knew what the cover was supposed to look like. I had an outline, like everything. It just was like, you know, like Mm -hmm. in front of you. And so um, that's how literarily came about, was just thinking about, wow, "Wow, this has been fun and helpful. Now, how do I uh, write something that's useful for somebody like us, just Mm -hmm. people who love their Bibles and want to understand it? Right, right. I want to write something that would be accessible for the everyday Christian. Another issue, and then I'm going to take a breath, is that um, when I have read books, uh, about genre or literature and scripture. Mm-hmm. Often, just about all of them are written kind of at a maybe academic seminary type. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. And yeah. they assume a base of knowledge from the reader. Mm-hmm. And it can be very frustrating when you're reading these books and you want them to help you with your Bible study, but then you just flood it, mm-hmm. you know, with you know, you just flood it with information that kind of makes assumptions that, you know, maybe not necessarily mm-hmm. have. Like, right, who exactly. Who remembers grammar school? Who remembers, yeah. you know, like uh, uh, some of those things, metaphors and similes and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, if you're not a, don't have that English background or literature background or interest, you may not remember those kinds of things or even know, or even that, know. Yeah. that are employed in the scriptures in the Bible, to help us right. in our understanding. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, my goal then was to, Think about um, how to write it in a way that um, you didn't have to be an academic or seminarian or someone like that to really understand it. Yes. So on a popular everyday level, like I'm talking to y'all, like we're having tea or coffee. Right. Or right. Or and um, just having a conversation about the word of God. 
Yes. Yeah. I, I totally felt that when reading the book, like even the analogies or, well, not analogies, but the examples that you gave to sort of draw us into understanding genres and to help us understand each chapter. I, I thought it was like just right on point for the for the yes. everyday reader. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's so necessary, particularly in the urban context of being able to relate mm-hmm. and to help people understand like there's this big word genre out there, but the reality is is that your hip hop that you listen to, your R and B is right. a genre. Right. You know, what I'm right. your, you know? Your, uh, your coin sayings from your grandma, right, are a genre. Like <laughs> that's, that's that's wisdom, right? Right, right, so, right, right. Yeah, it was right. just so accessible, Sister Christine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for that. Ladies, if you're enjoying the ministry and content of The Urban Christian Woman, would you take a minute to write a review and give us a rating on iTunes? Our goal is to get truth into the hands of urban women. You can help us by leaving even a one-sentence review and some stars. This simple act will help increase our visibility for more women to find this podcast and resources to help equip them in their everyday lives. So girl, what you waiting for? Just go ahead and do it right now. And if you haven't yet, join our community on social media. You can find us on Instagram at The Urban Christian Woman, Facebook, The Urban Christian Woman, and on our website, which is theurbanchristianwoman.com. How do you, what is your hope? How is this book uh, meant to be used? Um, what, is, what is your hope in that? Who is the book for and how is it, how is it meant to be used? Yeah, well, kind of like we already said, I think uh, the book is for really anyone who just wants to understand their Bibles better, um, but people who uh, want to have a better understanding or just an initial understanding mm-hmm. of genres and how they work in the scripture. I just think it's an unexplored area in popular Bible study material. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes even when it's employed, it's kind of ancillary, uh, not really central. And mm-hmm. so um, my hope is that people can use this book either as a reference. So if you know you're going to be studying epistles, right. <laughs> Come on. you can turn to the chapter on epistles Come on. and read that before you get into your study to kind of like, okay, prep, kind of prep mm-hmm. your mind to what mm-hmm. to look for, kinds of things yes. you can look for. So this is not, this is not, amen, amen, and amen. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because this is not a book that you just read and set down. Your desire and your hope is that it is a resource and a tool that you frequent and you go back to in your Bible study I would say when I read it, I legitimately envisioned myself in the future, pulling it it out Mm -hmm. along with a commentary or whatever Mm -hmm. and preparing to teach the Bible or study Mm -hmm. or disciple. Like this is a tool for, Mm -hmm. you know, anyone in that space Mm -hmm. where they're like, okay, I'm just going to go deep dive for myself for Bible study, or I'm preparing to teach the Bible in a small group, or I'm preparing to disciple an individual in the word. Like, and so how, how can I get deeper? How can we really dig into this? And so this is like, 
I legitimately thought of that as like, a, it's, this book is a tool of reference for, yeah. that, for the future. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's definitely one way that you can use the book. You can use it as a, as a reference. And, you know, mm-hmm. just like you, I can give examples of friends who are, they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're calling me. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm doing work. Like, where do we start? And they, that's, you know, you have, and this ain't no Bible. This is just a plain old book, but mm-hmm. you can sit it alongside your Bible or other reference material and that's refer right. to it when you need to. Right. Yeah. Another way that you can use this book um, is already I'm hearing from people that they're, they're going to go through it with their small group or with their Bible study group. And I think mm-hmm. it's great for that as well. Um, because at the end of each chapter, there are questions that are kind of guided questions to yes. give you a little practice in what we have just talked about in the book. So I tried to tie those questions um, very tightly to what we just discussed within that particular chapter. Yes. So you can yes. just go back and it's not really a, the book isn't really a Bible study, but right. it can be used kind of in that way because they're the, the study questions at the end to get you you know, to practice a little bit what you learn. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's exciting to think about too, is that not only can you use this book as a reference, but it really can be used for, you know, small, small or large group Bible studies where you're trying to teach people about and about literature in the Bible. And it's just so helpful for your own devotions. If I know that I'm going to be sure a lot of people go through a, um, you know, a a chapter of Proverbs a day Mm -hmm. or a a Psalm a day, and it would be helpful to have a resource where you can say, okay, what are some things that I need to be looking for? Absolutely. Absolutely. This passage or this chapter. Yeah. And I, I, when I was reading it as well, I was like, man, this is almost like it needs to, it's like the precursor to really the inductive Bible study. I would almost invite somebody to start there because you could go into, even though you can find, of course, the observation, the interpretation in there, I think it would just enhance the time, in my opinion, you know, um, and it sort of helps um, with misinterpreting as well to understand your genre. And yeah, yeah. I think on the tip of misinterpreting, we got to talk about the difference between when you're studying the Bible literarily versus literally. literally. Yes. So walk us through this, Christy. Um, The difference between reading something like the Proverbs or the Psalms literally versus literarily. And what's the difference and how how does knowing the difference help us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's such a great question. So in every, you know, if you have had any exposure to the Bible at all, that's just a looming question. You read, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, don't don't cook a goat in its mother's milk, or you know, like, <laughs> um, I always talk about, you know, train up a child in the ways you go, yeah. or, or you read apocalyptic literature, and yeah. there's mm-hmm. this highly image laden heads and horns and blood in the river. Flying locusts and where are the locusts? Do the flying right. locusts stand for airplanes? You know, like people have all these oh my wild gosh. ideas. <laughs> You're telling some real stories about fly. some real people I know. <laughs> I mean, same, same. But we have these ideas about okay, then how do I how do I apply it to mm-hmm. me today? And so we can make that up. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's the most effective way. Yeah. yeah. Or we can let the scriptures. Um, tell us how to interpret it, right? Or mm-hmm. you can use the genre and uh, those, you know, the particular genre to help us figure out whether we read it just 
straight literally or literally. So my argument is every book of the Bible can and should be read literarily, keeping in mind its literary genre. Mm -hmm. And then as we read it literarily, uh, it will tell us whether or not we should read a particular passage literally. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, if I know that, um, yeah, if I'm reading, oh, let's just say apocalyptic literature, for mm-hmm. example, um, then I know that it's highly symbolic. I know mm-hmm. that it's image laden. Mm-hmm. There's so much imagery, so much symbolism that it's not meant to be read literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that genre itself, apocalyptic, giving us that those um, that um, end times view, it's not something that we read literally, right. but we read it with the end times in mind. Yes. We read it with Christ as victor. We mm-hmm. read it with, you know, the people of God headed to glory. Mm-hmm. We read it with like all of history culminating and mm-hmm. um, and what, you know, the, the ushering in of eternity um, mm-hmm. looks like. So yeah. we, we read it with that in mind. And then that helps us not to misinterpret by reading it too, mm-hmm. too literally. Too literally. Yeah, yeah. And I, I appreciate that even in the chapter uh, on apocalyptic, mm-hmm. um, that you encourage us not to get caught up in the weeds, right? Of like yes. finding out what every single thing means symbolically mm-hmm. and like what exactly does that, you know, what is that connected to? But when you remember that it is meant to point to the fulfillment of the whole yeah. arc, mm-hmm. then you can sort of take that in mind and not get so entangled in like, but I don't understand what this means. And so I'm missing it. Yeah, And it's like, it, it frees us up to say, well, you're not missing it over this one thing, but yeah, look at the whole, um, uh, the whole arc and the whole meaning of the genre and, and get it from yeah. that space mm-hmm. too. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, Freeze. no, yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. And I yeah. think, you know, um, even when we think about um, stories or narratives, mm-hmm. we can think about it the same way. Um, mm-hmm. That when we read a story, you identify with characters and, um, you know, and I think oftentimes you're kind of tempted to draw allegories and symbolisms and where it wasn't really meant right. for that necessarily. And so you want to understand the real life events that were happening in history at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, to the people of God. And, but you also want to be looking at God's care, his love, his work amongst the people of God. Mm-hmm. And is um, how the Lord's desire is to redeem his people. And we mm-hmm. want to be looking for that even when we read the stories. Mm-hmm. And so another really kind of fun, interesting, helpful <laughs> thing to think about with genre, and I'll try to keep this succinct, but I get really excited talking about this, is when you start walking through the genres, what you see unfolding is the whole plan of redemption. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so the way I like to think about it is you get the law and the law is, that's just the beginning. That is when God lays down and gives his people his instructions. Mm -hmm. This is who I've called you to be. Mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. how I want you to live. Mm-hmm. Right after that come the narratives, right? The historical narratives. Mm-hmm. And I like to think about that is how God's people responded to his instructions. And we know how they respond. They mm-hmm. wild out. They don't listen. <laughs> right. <laughs> facts, facts, and facts. And so, 
you see God's people living um, imperfectly mm-hmm. <laughs> um, under his rule, sometimes following his instructions, right. but oftentimes not and being, you know, straying away and being taken in by the people around them. So you just see the ways in which they respond to God's instruction. Yeah. And then right after that, you get the poetry and poetry and wisdom. Well, let's say poetry is a way, it's another kind of responding to God's instructions, but it's very emotive. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing people's heart towards God's instructions right. and you're seeing God's heart towards his people. Mm-hmm. So poetry is like the songbooks, the prayers. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting all that emotion and we're supposed to feel that. We're supposed to enter into the emotion of the Psalms. We're mm-hmm. supposed to sing the songs and pray. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get wisdom literature right after that. And that's God's people how God's um, people should be applying his instructions, like Mm -hmm. wise living according to God's instructions. And then you get the prophets and the prophets are reminding people of God's instructions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also giving them warnings, warnings, yeah, but also hope. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, y'all going to go crazy and not do what God told y'all to do, but mm-hmm. he's got a remnant and he's yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And hasn't changed. His mm-hmm. instruction hasn't changed. And mm-hmm. so in the prophets, you see that, that these prophets are reminding them of God's instructions and mm-hmm. also giving them those warnings and glimpses of hope mm-hmm. um, in the midst of kind of, you know, exile and those kinds of things. And then mm-hmm. right after that, you get the gospels. Mm-hmm. The gospels are God's instructions personified in the person of Jesus. Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so you see God's instructions lived out perfectly. Yes. No one had ever done this before. Yes. Yes. They had they had to do all these um you know offer all these yeah uh, sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. Those kinds of things because they weren't they couldn't live perfectly under God's instructions. But Jesus did. And so we see that in the gospels and we see um, also, how God uh, we see how God's plan of redemption um, unfolds when Jesus comes on the scene and He lives a perfect life mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we're called to live. He yeah. dies in our place. Um, we were supposed to die for our sin. He died in our place. He rose three days mm-hmm. later, demonstrating His power. Mm-hmm. Come on in here. Come on in here. And giving resurrection life to all of us Ooh, who believe yeah. in Him. Yes. Right? So we see God's mm. instruction in the person of Jesus Christ. Yes. But we also see the people of God rising up. And yes. so now the epistles are God's instructions given to that people, given to the church of God, given to the people of God. Mm. And then right after that, you have apocalypse. I know it's in Daniel too, but for my for mm-hmm. the way I'm thinking about, you know, of this culmination though. Mm-hmm. So even in Daniel, it's pointing forward. Pointing right, yep, right. So now you see God's instructions, not really the end of God's instructions, but you do see the culmination of God's instructions and how not just um Jesus, but you see the people of God glorified. Yes. Yes. That's right. And able to enjoy. God's instructions eternally. Yes. And so that's how I, when you look at the Bible and you span mm. the genres from beginning to end, you see that all of scripture is about Jesus, mm-hmm. from Jesus to Revelation. Come on. 
see the story unfolding as you move through. So now mm-hmm. the fun part is, if I'm studying Habakkuk, then Habakkuk is a prophet. And yes. That this prophet is going to be telling me something right. about how God's people mm-hmm. going to be reminding me of what yep. Called his people to, he's going to be giving warnings to the people of God mm-hmm. for their rebellion and disobedience, but he's also going to be holding out hope. Like, I know that. So when I read Habakkuk, when I read Hosea, when I read, you know, any mm. of Jeremiah, I know that. Look at Jeremiah and see how many times he refers back to Deuteronomy. Yes. Instruction. That's those first five books of the Bible. So it mm. really does kind of root you and it helps you to know your place in the history, yes. in the plan mm-hmm. of redemption. Yes. And um, I just think that's really helpful as Bible students. Yeah. Oh, and most so certainly. We don't have time to get into like biblical theology and all of that. Yeah. But yeah. also you can see like these themes, um, mm-hmm. biblical theological themes play throughout, even within, you know, right. within particular genres. So, yes. Yeah. I just find it. And also, ladies, like she just took us through the whole word of God. I'm like, oh my goodness, ma'am, sister, auntie, she just came on in here. I wish y'all could see these ladies. They're about to jump out of their seat, (laughs) but I am too. (laughs) Can you be blessed that this woman of God just took us through the whole story arc of scripture in two minutes? Okay. Can you be so blessed? Ooh, girl. Because I'm blessed. I'm beyond blessed. Yeah. Okay. And aren't we all blessed? Because yes. we have the book. And the That's book, right. I'm just and, telling and you, I'm is, just summarizing what the book is, is taking us through, right? So, yes. so amazing, though, because what you're demonstrating is that, well, one, you have, God has gifted you to give us a tool so that all of us can be in on what you, yes. the joy that you have. The feast. When, yes, when you have that feast and when you see and when you put it all together, mm-hmm. that we're saying that exactly what you're saying, like, yes, I have been so blessed by seeing this and yes. you can come in and have this too. Yes. You yes. can come into this feast yes. as well. And, mm-hmm. the, and this is the way, and these are some of the tools so that we can all feast together, that it's not yes. just for the theologians or the pastors or yes. the, you know, Bible teachers who are in front of hundreds and thousands. Of it can be for every, every believer. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's right. And that's such yeah. a gift. That's and right. you know what's cool too? I was thinking about this this morning. Uh, I was thinking, you know what? My, you know how when you're in high school, my son does this too. And everything seems pointless. It just mm-hmm. seems like, why did I learn geometry? Mm-hmm. You know, theorem. Mm-hmm. Like, Am I ever going to use that again? Why do I need to learn, you know, grammar? And But let me tell you something. I have learned, mm-hmm. I have used what I learned in grammar school more in my Bible study mm. than I have used it almost any place else. <laughs> like, Come on. You know, you can write a paper and you can write a paper without really thinking about kind of literary terms and you know you some things are just kind of uh, it's that uh kind of unconscious competence Mm -hmm. kind of thing like yes but I have I think I have practically intentionally thoughtfully used uh the things that I've learned in grammar school more in my bible study than almost any place else Mm -hmm. you know you think about studying something like um epistles or letters where there's argument being made. And mm-hmm. even if you to Bible study, what do they tell you to look, look for? Connecting words. Yes, yes. 
Those are conjunctions. You're like, mm-hmm. you're right? Conjunction. Right. What's your function? function? Yes. <laughs> so, yes. um, we. So for me, uh, things like that, finding connecting words, finding yes. comparisons and contrasts, yes. argument, like those are things that I use pretty much every day yes. in my normal Bible study mm-hmm. as a part of my normal Bible study intake diet, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what I, one of the things I hope with literarily is that it just, whoop, it reminds us of some of those things mm-hmm. that we can actually employ them. Like they weren't pointless. There was, yes, right. that's <laughs> right. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't just so that we can understand, you know, we could understand fiction, you know, books mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. out there in the world, but so that we can understand the book, the book of life. Yeah. Yes. So that is exciting for me too, is that I see how practical and relevant yeah. that early learning was to what I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sister Christy, in our next episode, uh, we're going to be, you're going to take us through one of these literary genres, which we're really excited about. And so, ladies, uh, you want to just stay tuned for the upcoming episode where we are going to be going through the literary genre with the epistles with Sister Christy. And so, yeah, thanks so much for joining us and stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Thank you.